ahead of Rick. Uh, welcome to the News and Records first HS Extra Football Pep Talk podcast of the season. I'm Joe Serrera. I'm JP Mundy. We're joined today by the two head coaches for this week's marquee game, Friday night's Battle of High Point between our number four team, Central. You'll get a preview of our poll, which comes out later today, and our number six team, Andrews. Uh, for Central, it's Coach Wayne Jones. For Andrews, Coach Rodney McCoy. Um, I guess the best place to start on a rivalry game like this is to ask you guys what this game means to your players and your fans. Coach McCoy. Well, to say the least, I mean, what it means, not to us, but to everybody, the school, the principal, the janitors, players, me, a little bit of everybody, man, it's huge. Um, you start the year off with your biggest rival of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Everybody wants to win this game. You know, their side wants to win, our side mm-hmm. wants to win. So to get started with this type of rivalry, Actually, it's good we played in the summertime, you know, because <laughs> it's bigger than just a rival. It's more of a social event as well, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a big game between the two schools. So, Your only loss last season, you rolled after that. Did you learn some lessons from that game, or were they just that good? Yeah, they, they, they were good. They were better than us at that time, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't make mistakes in no ball game, mm-hmm. and you definitely can't make them in a rivalry game, the first game of the season, and we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, they capitalized on them in the second half, and it's, just, it's self-explanatory. The man that makes the least amount of stakes scores the most points wins in football, and they did. And, I mean, that's the way it goes. Take your hat off to them, but it's a new year. We'll try to make it happen this year, so. Coach Jones? Well, just like Coach McCoy said, uh, you know, it's a lot for the community. It's big for the school, you know, that you get a chance to open up. Uh, these kids look forward to this game every year. The community look forward to this game every year. And, you know, like he said, it's inevitable. Somebody's got to win. somebody got to lose in this particular game. And nobody wants to be the one that loses. You know, beginning of the season, it's an important game for both of us. So the fact that, you know, uh, we want to make sure that, you know, you start out on a positive note. Uh, if you win the game, then you know it's easier to come back and correct those mistakes than you need if you if you lose a game. And like you said, that game was last year. That game was over. Those players that played that game last year won't play that game again. And uh, you know it's this this year's team and uh, these teams. You're going to see what both these teams have this year. And uh, you know, like Coach said, the team that makes the fewest mistakes probably will end up winning the game. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this year's teams and the difference. What do you what do you see from your team this season? Well, so far, you know, we've we only had one scrimmage. we got a chance to go against some pretty good teams on Friday over at Dudley. Yeah, so that. Richmond County, yeah. Dudley, uh, West Meg, uh, uh, Vance, Northern Durham. And, you know, we got a chance to see that, you know, we got some strengths uh, in some areas and we got some weaknesses in areas. So uh, we know what our weaknesses are. And uh, we got to go back and try to fix those things and try to work on those things and try to make our strengths uh, stronger and make our weaknesses our strength. Coach McCoy, what are you thinking about your team at this point? Man, our philosophy is simple. I mean, I was telling them earlier, you know, we, we just try to do what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody got something they do, and we just do what we do. Mm-hmm. And we try to figure out the, the simplest plan for our kids to be successful. And the scrimmages kind of just let you know who will and who won't. You still got to get in the games, you know, down the distance factors into a field position. You know, least amount of mistakes. A lot of things factor into success in the games. And um, the biggest thing with us is we got to be able to try to get the ball and control the game. And 
you know, like I told you earlier, the, the team that the score the, the scores most points and usually the least amount of mistakes wins. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it's cut and dry and the way it is. It's a game of football. It is. And um, but we want to win the game, and I know what I didn't shout a doubt. They want to win it, and it, it, it means it is what it is. Here mm-hmm. we go. Every year the same thing. <laughs> You know, I look at Jones, he look at me, and the two teams, I mean, I said this at a press conference about a week ago, all our kids know each other. Mm-hmm. I see they kids in the off season, and, man, they laugh at me. And <laughs> but you can hold up that ring. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, I don't get into it like that yeah. <laughs> because it's just one game. I want to win. They want to win. It's probably the biggest high school robber I ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I played in some good ones, and I coached in Winston-Salem. And this was just a whole other level mm-hmm. because it's so deeply tied into the community. The people have been here so long. Mm-hmm. And you either one side or the other. Even if you went to Ragsdale or Southwest, you still go to one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, here we go. Mm-hmm. What do you expect from, from Central's team? What's, uh, what's a typical Central team to you? They always play us tough. Mm-hmm. I always have, and I'm sure they always will. I don't think the records have anything to do with the game mm-hmm. so much as the bragging rights. Mm-hmm. And, again, you know, I'm expecting what it always is. It's a tough game. And, again, we want to win the game, and I'm sure they do too, so mm-hmm. – you lost some key guys from last season, obviously. You had some great senior leaders. Some of them carried on into track and some other sports. But I know you also had a very successful JV team last year. How do you how do you replace those guys you lost with JVs, with some guys who got uh, some yeah. experience last year? You don't replace them. <laughs> what you try to do is figure out if these next ones can do with anything similar to what they did. Mm-hmm. This is what I told our coaches. That crew will never be back. Mm-hmm. Get over it. You got to take the kids we got and figure out what they can do. Mm-hmm. If, if they can, we can run the ball a little bit with one of the running backs like we did with that kid we had last year. Great. If we can't, then we have to do it all of them. Mm-hmm. We just have to figure out what this this bunch of kids can do. They can do something successfully. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be the same as last year's bunch. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the coaching kicks in. At. You just got to figure out what what this bunch can do. Coach Jones, I mean, uh, obviously, Jameel Mack, one of the better quarterbacks in the area, if not the best, can do a lot of things for you. Um, watching a little bit of the scrimmages with Dudley, Shavis uh, Little looked pretty good at running back, too. Uh, those are the key guys for you. What else do you have this season? Well, probably the guy you saw, uh, if you were speaking number 24, it wasn't Chavis. Ah, uh, my apologies. Uh, Chavis was number nine this year. Number 24 is actually getting a Jeffrey Wall. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeffrey's a good football player. And, uh, you know, we got some other kids, uh, Charles Edmond. Uh, we have uh, Savon McCauley, who wasn't there Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Tim Gorham. Uh, you know, all these guys who played for us last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our biggest thing is, you know, you know, our team, what we do, you know, we're pretty much an air raid team. You know, Coach McCoy's team is a ground and pound team. So, you know, it's going to get into time of possession. His team, you know, they, they take the ball and they'll keep it for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. With us, sometimes we might be three and out really mm-hmm. quick. So, you know. Uh, it's either going to be all or none for us a lot of times. So, you know, the thing with our kids is we just got to take what the defense gives us, and uh, they, they're going to allow us to pass it. We got to pass it. They're going to make us run, and we got to be able to run the football. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we, you know, you know, we'd rather go through there, but you know, if we got to be able to run it, then that's the thing we have to be able to do. You know, Chavis and, and Jeffrey and uh, Jamil allow us to be able to run the football well. Mm-hmm. How much of a problem does the wing team present? 
Well, it presents a big problem is the fact that you got to make sure that you are a disciplined team. You know, they got a lot of misdirections uh, with the jet sweeps and the traps and the counter. If you just get caught looking the backfield action, and uh, they're gonna burn you on the pass. And you know, last year, you know, coach, you know, he, he won on the pass. He won state championship. He won on the pass. You know, because the team keyed in on some of the things that. Uh, you no, know, he did well. You know, they 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 tried to stop his run. That's what they wanted to stop. But he was fortunate enough. To, he had a good enough passers and good receivers. You know, so you know it it can present a lot of problems if you get caught into the to the run. Then you get you know subjected to uh, to play action pass. So you just have to be a disciplined team and you know try to attack them a little bit. Coach McCord, what's the most difficult part uh, for your defense defending an air raid team? Oh uh, yeah, quarterback and run. That's you got to stop that. That's hard and on every level. Even if you look at the NFL now, the quarterbacks that can run present problems because they spread you apart and they find a, a lane that they can run in and they just create mismatches. And they do that well with the, with the Mac kid. He, he, he can throw, he can run. Then you, you got receivers on multiple sides that you can throw the ball to, so you're not able to just kind of key in on one side or the other. So, I mean, it just presents a matchup problem for you. Can you stop the run? You have to kind of make a decision if you're going to do one or the other. You're probably trying to – you can't do both of them very well because you got to commit to one or the other. And, and that's, that's the, uh, the conflict that the air raid concept puts in. It's, it's different if a king just throws the ball all the time. You can just play the pass and just say, all right, I take my chances on the run. Or vice versa. But they do both. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge challenge, man, a huge challenge. But it is what it is. You got to figure out what you want to do the most. And I ain't even going to say take your chances because you don't want to do that either. <laughs> take your chances on the other. Mm-hmm. It's more so down a distance and field position. You hope, you, you, you know, field position, even for us, if your back is against the wall, it changes the way you, I mean, you do stuff. And so a lot of things factor into the way the game plays out. It's not easy stopping the air raid. You know, it's just not. You just got to figure out which one you're going to be able to settle on. And you ain't taking your chances, but you're taking your chances mm-hmm. on the other one. So. Especially, as you said, when you've got, a, got a, a dual threat quarterback, you've got to account for that guy all the time. And right. That's, that's huge. Guys, is the is starting the season with a rivalry game fun, or is it ju- is it nerve wracking? Is it a little bit make it a little bit more stressful to a start of the season? I'll be honest with you, I think it makes it just a little bit more stressful for coaches uh, because you know nobody wants to lose your first game, you know, and then you know you open your first game with the people across town, you're not going to see them again. And, <laughs> <laughs> you got to live with it for the next year. You're going to so, see them. You're just not going <laughs> yeah, to see them. Yeah, you're not going to get a chance to play them again. Right. So exactly. you know, it's not yeah. one like those yeah. things where we'll get a chance to play each other in the playoff because we're both in uh, two different divisions. He's two uh, A and we're four A, you know. But you know that the size of that school really don't mean anything. They got the same amount of talent that we have. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a little stressful because at the beginning of the year, you're just not really where your team wants to be at the end of the year. So you don't get a chance to correct all those mistakes. You know, if you open up with somebody really good like that, you know, hey, man, your mistakes can hurt you pretty bad. You know, if you open up with somebody who's, you know, marginal, you know, maybe you might be able to make a few mistakes and be able to survive. But a, a team of their caliber, you can't make many mistakes and then think you're going to win that game. 
So it kind of makes it a little nerve wracking. You almost have to be a little perfect for the beginning of the season. Right. Well, the winning team don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other team was the one saying, man, I wish we would have started off with a different level of fight. I mean, I've played it both ways. I've played it fourth game of the season, and this, I think, the fourth year we've done it first. Um, Neither one of them is good. <laughs> Not to be honest with you. Yep. It, I mean, it's just one of them games where you can't even calculate the level of intensity that's out there. You just can't. Nobody can tell you. You can prepare for it, and coach can probably attest to this. It gets times in the games where you don't even sense the people around you what's going on. You be locked in to the scenarios out there in the game, so you really can't. I think it's stressful regardless. I mean, but I'm going to tell you, it's actually good. I'm going to tell you why. Because it teaches our kids to be able to handle a high level of playing. And if you can win, it's good. If you don't win, it's not always bad. Because the more your kids learn to fight, the easier it will be for them to fight. And if you look at both programs, they've been successful one way or the other. He beat me last year. It done my team some good. Mm-hmm. And if you watch, his team went on and played really well after the fact. And when I beat him, it done his team some good. They played really well. Do I want to win? Absolutely. Coach want to win. But, um, man, listen. I, what he said was self-explanatory. It's nerve-wracking for us. The people love it <laughs> because they talk about it regardless. If it was the fourth game of the season, they still would worry me about winning. <laughs> if it's the first game of the season, they still worry me about winning. So it's just the way it is. So, I mean, it's, it's a big game and a good game at that. So. Yeah. I've already seen some evidence of that when he walked in this morning. Coach Jones walked in wearing a Bison Pride right. T-shirt to, <laughs> into the office of T. Wingate Andrews High School. Principal even had to do a d- double take. So oh, yeah. rivalry week is here. Yeah, this, is, this is a great matchup. Anyone who uh, doesn't already have plans, Simeon Stadium, 7.30 Friday night would be a great place to be. Appreciate you coaches taking the time. Uh, I know it's a stressful week, a tough week, but a good week, great week to, to watch some football. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thank you all. All right. And uh, JP and I are going to move on a little bit, break down six of the best games right, coach, I see you ahead oh, yeah. uh, this week. That's okay. Um I guess we'll start off with uh, Dudley. They are home against Winston-Salem Carver. Uh, Dudley will be the number one team in our football uh, preseason poll this week, the unanimous choice. Uh, Carver and Dudley, not a city rivalry, but a little bit like Andrews and Central in that these schools have played each other for a long time. Uh, Dudley was 3A at one point when Carver was 3A. Carver's now 2A, Dudley is 4A. Uh, But Dudley, as strong as they were, unbeaten last season, won the Class 4A state title. They lost a lot on defense. Uh, Chris Register, linebacker, is uh, already uh, turning heads at Clemson. Emmanuel Mosley, who was the quarterback, uh, also played defensive back for the Panthers last year, was our news and record all-area player of the year. He's a starting cornerback as a true freshman at Tennessee. He enrolled early in January, got a jump on things, muscled up a little bit in their weight program, and he's starting. Uh, Albert McLean, who was a a real force at nose tackle for Dudley last year, he's at Winston-Salem State. So they've got to replace those guys, but typical Dudley team, physical, fast, 
uh, strong up front on offense, uh, great blocking schemes, two hard physical runners, Darius Graves and Connell Young. And one of the more interesting young players to watch in the area, Hendon Hooker, sophomore quarterback for the Panthers. Uh, 6'4", 295, if the name Hooker and uh, quarterback rings a bell. His dad, Allen, was an excellent player at A&T. Hendon is already a pretty good runner, has a great arm, just has to develop uh, and develop confidence uh, with Coach Davis, Stephen Davis, and letting him throw a little bit. But uh, right now, probably more of a runner as the season goes on. He can open up a lot of things for them with the passing game and Again, you know, Dudley and Carver is a rivalry game, even though you're talking about two different cities. These schools go a ways back. JP? Next up is uh, Smith at number seven, Northwest Guilford. This is a matchup of uh, two teams. The one is very, very young. The other is returning a lot of talent, but is implementing two different schemes. I talked to Northwest Guilford coach Jared Rolfus at length the other week, and he is switching from the wing tee that they've run for the past seven seasons and the 3-4 defense and moved, moving over to a multiple spread attack uh, as well as a 4-2-5. And uh, in speaking uh, with Coach McCoy earlier uh, before we recorded the podcast, he said, I don't know if I would have done that based on how, many, how much experience and how much returning talent they have. Uh, Northwest has had an offseason full of changes, and that's what – that's what I'm looking forward to seeing the most. They are returning some a lot of talent, most notably. Uh, they returned all area running back slash safety Mark Murphy, who was also an all-conference selection. And they also re- uh, returned all-conference wide receiver Kevin Henry. So it'll be interesting to see how they how this team develops over the course of the season. Uh, this might this might not be the world's best matchup for them to start off the season, as especially because you know observers said that they didn't look all that great at the New Bridge Bank uh, scrimmages Friday night. Smith is uh, coming off of a three and eight season uh, in 2013, but they returned 22 lettermen, 16 starters, uh, eight apiece on offense and, and defense, and still uh, label themselves as a young team. Uh, they are uh, very strong on the offensive line. Uh, they are led by Cameron Clark, who is a Charlotte commit. Um, he was sought out, highly sought after recruit. I think Old Dominion wanted him, and I believe Appalachian was also in the running there. Um, they are very, very talented on defense, uh, led by all-conference defensive lineman Desmond uh, Sturdivant and all-conference linebacker, I believe his name is Janon Cooper. Uh, and, they also have another linebacker, Desmond Rucker, who kind of shores up that back seven for Smith. They're very, uh, they're very young. They're very unproven, but I believe they're probably pretty hungry and want to wash the taste of a 3-8 and eight season uh, out of their mouths. So that is Friday night at Northwest Guilford. Um, another team, all three of these first matchups have one thing in common. They have a team from the Metro 4A. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Davie County at number three, Page, in our poll. Uh, Page, probably the best bet to challenge Dudley in the Metro 4A. Uh, Page with a state championship a couple of years ago with James Summers. Uh, a little down last year compared to that 6-6, six and six, but they've got a lot of talent back. Um, Kevin Gillespie, excellent coach, sound system, lots of talent there on both sides of the ball. Uh, they have a weapon on special teams. Their kicker, uh, Harrison Kaiser, rising junior, got a chance to watch him a couple of times. And 
uh, just booms field goal attempts. Uh, watch them practicing in a downpour on a muddy field with a wet, heavy ball, and he was banging them through for 45 yards. Uh, definitely could be the difference in a close game. Don't necessarily expect this to be a close game, but Davie County is not a pushover. Uh, Coach Gillespie obviously wanted to give his team a little bit of a challenge right away. Davie County traditionally pretty strong, producing a number of uh, FBS-level players in recent years. Um, but anyway, 7.30 at uh, Page High School on Friday. The player to watch in that game, Joe, is probably going to be Davey, uh, Davey quarterback or running back, Cade Carney, wherever they decide to use him. He is a stud and has been offered by every major college in the state. Moving along. Well, Joe, I want to talk a bit about uh, number eight, East Forsyth, at Winston-Salem Reynolds, but mostly I want to talk about East Forsyth. That's the team I've seen the most, and this team is going to score a lot of points. Um, Todd Willard will tell you the same. This team is going to score a lot of points. They've got a lot of weapons at quarterback. You've got Carson Sharp, who has looked very, very sharp, um, no pun intended, uh, in the opening scrimmages. I saw them last week against Mount Tabor and also in the uh, New Bridge Bank uh, Friday night. They opened up uh, their game, their scrimmage against North Davidson by scoring four quick touchdowns. And North Davidson and Shy Tuttle, you know, they're all everything defensive, defensive linemen. linemen. Yeah, yeah, never had a chance to to recover, and they were just impressive. And going into the season, we knew about Christian Beal. They're all, you know, they're all everything. Freshman last year, uh, who's probably the, one of the fastest, if not the fastest, back in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Brian Gentry, number seven. Uh, he is—he's tall. He's a college ba- He's a college prospect. Um, he is working. He is dedicated this offseason. He told me to trying to shore up a scholarship. Uh, he has looked impressive in every scrimmage. But they also have Neek Martin, who has really emerged in these preseason scrimmages and practices as another. Uh, a threat. So basically, you've got three college prospects coming out. You know, you know, one coming out of the backfield that can catch passes, and he took one. He took two to the house Friday night. Gentry and Neek Martin both got two passes Friday night for for touchdowns and really had defenses reeling. Uh, the question for Todd Willard and East Forsyth is is on the defense. Mm-hmm. Their def- they had so many defensive lapses, especially late Friday night, mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it was an area of concern. Todd Willard, quite frankly, said they didn't expect that kind of effort. It looked like it was mainly communication issues in the defensive backfield. But the good news for the Eagles is they get, in my eyes, they've got two games to shore that up. I don't think Reynolds is going to present much of a problem, and neither will Parkland the following week. And so if the Eagles can get everybody on the same page, both offense and defense, by week three when they play West Forsyth, they're going to be a team to watch. They, this is a team that wants to play you know, for a state title this year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, common theme uh, from what you were saying with East Forsyth, it seems to be a lot of the Piedmont Triad 4A teams uh, have shown uh, the ability to put some points on the board and uh, defenses, uh, Ragsdale, very good through the air. Uh, they're going to score some points. The defense, uh, not so sure. Uh, it seems to be a common theme there. But uh, moving along, you mentioned uh, some of the great individual talents for East Forsyth. Uh, I want to talk about a game that has two of the better individual talents in the area, Eastern Guilford and Southern Guilford. Uh, that game is at Southern Guilford on Friday night. Eastern Guilford uh, featuring Jarius Moorhead, uh, who has committed to NC State. Wolfpack projects him as a safety. He's 6'1", 6'2", 195, 200. 
great athlete. Uh, got a chance to uh, see him against Ragsdale uh, on Wednesday night at Northern Guilford and then on Friday night up at the Newbridge Bank Invitational in Rockingham County. And Eastern is using him mainly at quarterback uh, to get the ball in his hands as an athlete. They go with some sets where they'll put him in the slot or they'll use him almost as an H-back, but primarily a quarterback and primarily for his running ability. Uh, it's not hard to see what NC State sees in him when you watch him play for a few minutes. Uh, there were some other decent players also for Eastern Guilford, Terrell Pickett uh, on offense, receiver, and they get him the ball when they can. And they're not bad defensively. Uh, Coach Doug Robertson has done a very good job there uh, of building that program. He's got his numbers up a little bit this year. Uh, it was a struggle at first, but they, they uh, had a winning record last season. Uh, Doug Robertson knows about winning, won a state title at uh, Reedsville uh, between Jimmy Teague stints there. Uh, the opponent, Friday, Southern Guilford, uh, the player to watch there, Reggie Gillespie, uh, being recruited by a lot of the top programs in the country. Uh, he's uh, down to a final five. That includes uh, NC State and Duke, Vanderbilt, Michigan State, Arkansas. Those are his final five teams. Uh, the consensus seems to be that he'll go to Duke or Vanderbilt. Great kid, great student. A bullish runner, uh, maybe lacks that elite speed, but he can run over people. He can put a foot in the ground, make one move, and go. Uh, he will be a force that Eastern Guilford is going to have to deal with in a number of ways. He's a good receiver, good runner. He'll run back some kicks. Uh, the other interesting thing about this is he and Jarius Moorhead are very good friends. Jarius has been recruiting him very hard for NC State. I don't think he's going to be able to pull that one off, but you never know. But uh, regardless, uh, two great individuals to watch in that one. 7.30 Friday at Southern Guilford. And our final game we're uh, previewing this week is Grimsley at Ragsdale. Grimsley coming off of a 5-7 and seven season last year, the 3-2 and two in the Metro 4A. Uh, they're only returning six starters, three on offense, three on defense, which is normally not a good thing to happen. Uh, they run a, they do have a good quarterback, uh, junior Malik Stimson, uh, runs a multiple spread offense over there, but he needs some weapons. They are hoping that the, the Worleys are hoping that junior Bruce Davis is going to be the answer at, at wide receiver, but mostly it's a wait and see approach with these guys. Uh, they have some very Good talent on defense, especially at linebacker, uh, two college prospects, Daniel Godwin and Canyon Duncan. Ragsdale, you know, Tommy Norwood Joe has won a lot of games over at yes, Ragsdale. He has. And last year, it was one of his lower points four and seven, two and three in conference. And when I saw them the opening night and the opening night of practice in that deluge, I, I, they, they didn't look impressive, and boy, have they changed my mind. Uh, they returned seven starters on offense, led by quarterback Alec Cobb. He's got plenty of help. T.J. Parker is an all-conference wide receiver. It also has Tevin Quick, who's also an all-conference all player. Uh, they have a, a, a brand-new tailback. I think they're going to install it. We're going to use him more at tailback. Kendall Fulmore, who played primarily at corner last year. And what, what impressed me the most about, about this team, I saw them Friday night at the New Bridge uh, Jamboree. They played two kind of grinded out teams in Central Davidson and, and Ledford. And their defense, which was the big question mark heading into spring or to fall practice, their defense held their own and they simply dominated both those opponents. And they looked sharp doing so on both sides of the ball. I, I, I think Alec Cobb has had a very good offseason from his seven-on-seven -seven tournament that we saw him in 
over at Guilford College all the way through this preseason practice. He's sharp. He makes good reads and throws a, an excellent ball. And like I said, he's got plenty of help around him. And that, that is Friday night at Ragsdale. That's our uh, wrap-up of this week's key games. Plenty of other games out there. You can find them at news-record.com and in the print edition of the News and Record. And for more high school football coverage, visit news-record.com's HS Extra blog and read the print edition of the News and Record daily. Thanks for listening.